You are listening to the Shadi Cast, where South Asian couples tap into insight about the North American wedding industry. I'm Vinny from An Elegant Standard. And I'm Ruchi from Three Wishes Planning. We are wedding decorators and planners based near San Francisco, who are here to tell you more about South Asian weddings. So Vinny, we are living through another crazy time in the pandemic. I know. It's so crazy. I can't believe what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's one thing that Omicron has ruined for you? Um, so I have my big 3-0 this year. Wow. Yeah, my birthday was last week, mm-hmm. and I was going to have this big party, mm-hmm. and I had to cancel it because of it. Oh, so no. I'm super bummed, Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping to go bigger and better in a couple of months. Yeah, and I'm sure it's going to be even better then. Yeah, what has it, has it ruined it for you? Um, I was thinking of going to Vegas um, for the long weekend next month, and I mean, I probably could still go, but I think I would just feel better like waiting until Omicron has calmed down a bit. Yeah, no, I would hate to have canceled my travel plans, which I'm sure a lot of people are doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry about that, Ruchi. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, We started this podcast for anyone looking to learn about South Asian weddings. We know it can be confusing and overwhelming to navigate this giant industry, and we are here to break it down with tips and tricks. And today we are talking about Indian wedding ceremonies. Okay, so I have one question for you, Ruchi. Mm-hmm. When, sh- like, what time does an Indian w- ceremony typically begin? Well, like most things with Indian weddings, it really depends on your community. I know that in some Gujarati and South Indian communities, they have their ceremonies as early as 7 a.m. and typically aim to do it um, in the early morning. Um, In other communities like mine, like our Marwadi, our ceremonies happen actually at midnight and usually go till about four in the morning. However, you know, we're here in America and things kind of even out. Most couples have their weddings in the late morning, like at 11 or 12. Are there any other common times that you see? Yeah, nowadays people have even adopted um, adopted the Western style mm-hmm. where they opt to do their ceremonies in the late afternoon slash early evening around like three or four and then go into the traditional flow of cocktail hour to reception without any big gaps in between. Yeah, I definitely have noticed that um, where you also get kind of that golden hour yeah. with all your photos, which is really nice. Yeah, and it makes the day a lot easier, too, in terms of getting ready and stuff like that as well. Yeah, are you seeing that people are not switching outfits, like from ceremony to reception, if they have not that big of a gap, or they are still? So I'm noticing that the bride and groom still switch outfits, even if the cocktail hour is pretty short. Mm-hmm. However, I do think it's becoming less common for the guests to switch outfits. Um, and there's pros and cons about that because obviously it's just much easier to have to plan for less outfits, but Indian people are super extra and yeah. we love showing off as many outfits as possible. <laughs> yeah. For, um, Sikh ceremonies, like it needs to finish by noon, mm-hmm. like religiously, that's how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the Gurdwara, it needs to finish by noon mm-hmm. and then you have lunch. So typically we don't see that like straight from ceremony to reception. Mm -hmm. Also on the topic of outfits, (laughs) our outfits for the ceremony part versus the reception, we go all out for reception. Nice. We're putting on the most sexiest outfit (laughs) um, while at the Gurdwara we're keeping it, you know, we're keeping it um, 
all covered and things like that so yeah I mean I think that used to be true for Hindu ceremonies as well and it is true for most people but I am seeing brides take a lot more risks um a couple of years ago you know the designer guru Savya Saji fashioned these really um deep cut wedding blouses Mm -hmm. for brides and that trend kind of blew up um and we're seeing a lot more now that at um, ceremonies Brides are going for um, like sexier looks in terms of their blouse cut, like plunging necklines, sleeveless, one shoulder, or I've even seen some strapless blouses. Yeah, I'm loving it. Absolutely. Um, okay, my next question for you mm-hmm. is, um, are the guests supposed to eat breakfast or lunch before getting there? Should our couples be thinking about that? Um, again, there's several ways to do it. If you're having your ceremony in the morning and kind of that long gap in the afternoon, Um, there is a good chance you'll be serving lunch after and some Indian weddings are so over the top that they'll serve like heavy appetizers before the ceremony you sit through the ceremony and you get a buffet lunch after Um, but personally I think keeping it simple is a little bit better Um, instead of having like appetizers you can even have like a special beverage waiting for your guests when they arrive and again this is something that we've taken from kind of a Western tradition where they have like a welcome drink at the ceremony site. Mm -hmm. Um, We are not really allowed to have alcohol at our ceremonies. So something cool you can do that I've seen is to have coconut water, like where it's served inside the actual coconut. And then you can even have the couple's initials carved into it. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. And it's another just way to bring a personal touch to your wedding as well. It's also nice to leave a mini snack on their chairs. Um, Mm -hmm. Dry fruits and nuts are something that Indian people use a lot in religious ceremonies so you can have those like really elegantly packaged and then it kind of serves as a tiny decor element as well and the ceremonies are pretty long right or does it vary again I think it's something different here in America in India yeah they're really long I mean they can literally be hours and hours long um but I think here we are pretty good about keeping it to around an hour. Okay. Um, most wedding ceremonies, I think, range from 45 minutes to an hour and a half. It's pretty rare that it'll be longer or shorter than that. Okay, so snacks on their chairs uh, makes sense. Yeah, and um, after the ceremony, if you're having it in the morning, you'll be directed to a buffet-style lunch. And what's different about these lunches is that, you know, since the ceremony is so deeply rooted in religion, they are um, completely vegetarian. Yeah, um, I think that's really similar for Sikh ceremony as well. Mm -hmm. Um, However, we do have a huge appetizer bar. Oh, yum. I know. (laughs) um, Punjabis love to do their uh, food. Um, And so... Typically in a Sikh ceremony, you have the Milni before the ceremony. Mm-hmm. And those are the two families meeting each other. And it's really the bride's side that's greeting the groom's side. And they put out this huge appetizer of like, let's eat uh, before we get married. Nice. And uh, the bride's still hidden away. So their girls, her girls will be bringing her uh, food as she's hidden. A very um, important role, I'm sure. Yes, it is. <laughs> I was mad when I didn't see one of my girls in my room <laughs> feeding me or anything like that. But um, yeah, and then we go into the ceremony, and after the ceremony, there's a lunch, a buffet lunch. Sounds like a good flow. Um, so, Vinny, you're talking a little bit at um, about Sikh weddings at the Gurdwara. Mm-hmm. So can Sikh weddings happen outside of a Gurdwara as well? 
they can definitely happen outside of the Gurdwara. We're seeing that more and more now. Um, Probably especially with COVID, huh? Yeah, especially with COVID, but also the, you know, growing up in a Western uh, area, you kind of want some of those elements. And we're definitely moving outside of the temple, outside of the Gurdwara, and into more outdoor ceremonies. But there are really important questions that you need to ask your decor Like what? Person. So, um, can they provide a structure to create a bulky side? What so is this, a bulky side? Yeah, um, so this is a designated sacred space. Um, it has four pillars, it um, has a covering. So, can they create that? Either they have the traditional bulky side or they're creating one with their um, own structures. And can they provide a stage? Um, do they have a chindoya side? This is the covering on top. It's, okay. Yeah, it's like the, it's, it looks like a skirting of a, mm-hmm. of a bedding mm-hmm. um, that's on top. Also, we don't use chairs in our ceremonies like a lot of the other um, ceremonies out there. But what if someone is like older or like, you know, they have like a medical, physical thing that they can't sit on the floor? Yeah, we definitely can give them chairs uh, for that. There's stools, benches, um, higher seating for that. That's definitely something that uh, we all accommodate for. Like grandparents and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. grandparents, you know, they have a hard time sitting on the floor. Um, But we want to make sure that the seating's comfortable for all your other guests. So if you're outdoors in a grass area, you don't want people sitting on the grass for almost nearly two hours Mm -hmm. um so what are they doing to make sure that there's comfortable seating um the babajis there's one behind the holy book Mm -hmm. and there's uh three to four other babajis that are doing the kirtan which is the musical part do they serve as like the officiants for the wedding yeah, they, they do. So um, one of the Babaji does. So he's the one actually marrying the two. If It's not always like legal, actual legal marriage. But yes, as a ceremony, it is um, the Babaji is marrying the two couples. So um, weather contingencies as well. If it's really hot and they're staying there for two hours, um, what are we doing for them? Is there shade? Is there... Um, you know, if there's rain, yeah. what are the plans? So. Yeah. So again, you should definitely be planning your ceremony space based on your date and your location that you're in. Most Indians typically have their weddings on like a nice summer day and they have mm-hmm. them outside. However, you are going to be hot and your guests are going to be hot. Yeah. Um, and options to keep them cool can actually be kind of expensive. Um, one option is draping, like canopy draping, mm-hmm. which you know, can add up or even individual parasols. That's kind of cool because it can be like a favorite as well. But honestly, it could even be a good idea to move your ceremony indoors. Um, People worry here that they may lose some of like the beautiful outdoor natural elements. But if you work with a good decorator, um, that won't be the case. Yeah. um, What about like windy days or windy areas? Um, What are some things we can keep in mind for that? Well, if it's a really windy day, I would turn this question over to my decorator. What do you think? Um, So, yeah, you want to definitely talk about that with your decorator. Uh, They'll need to bring in extra materials and things like that. Um, And, you know, thinking about um, 
you have that maybe custom sign, the welcome sign, is that gonna be blown away by a wind? Um, so how are we securing everything down? Um, and then... What I, about if it's like raining? Yeah. What's the decor like then? Well, you have to really have a plan B for the decor. Um, it's It'll save you money in the long run because then you're not having to pay any kind of rush fee mm-hmm. and things like that. Like if you need a tent or you need to get the inside of your venue booked. Um, yeah, a lot, of, all that. a lot of times what I've seen um, when I work with venues to plan for rain plans is we just plan a, a flip, a room flip for the ceremony, mm-hmm. for the reception space. So, you know, we say if it's going to rain, then we'll have the ceremony where the reception is supposed to be in the ballroom and we'll flip the room during the cocktail hour. That's a really good point. And to have those in plan beforehand, that lets your decorator or any other vendors know that they may not have that space or that time. Mm-hmm. Um, some decorators do multiple events per day. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't plan for that, they booked another event and they're not they're not gonna be available to flip your room. That would so, be rough. <laughs> yeah, so if you're definitely in that like month of like November, December, January, February, definitely plan for rainy days. Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely another space where the decorator and the planner really have to work with the venue to come up with, you know, planning for all the situations. Um, So speaking of venues, Vinny, can I have a South Asian wedding anywhere or is it kind of limited to certain types of areas? So, I mean, a lot of American couples want to have weddings at beaches, gardens, or wineries. It's a little more complicated for the South Asian community. Um, If if you are having a North Indian wedding, you want to ensure that space, there is space for a baroth um, and that there's allowance for a fire. So, um, can your hub and gun go there um, and can they have a fire? Uh, going so those are things to consider and you know you can definitely have a ceremony at the beach but you need permits um you also want to make sure that that area is locked down for your you and your guest only you definitely don't want someone walking their dog (laughs) while you're trying to get married yeah or like bikini girls standing next to your ceremony (laughs) that would be so awkward yeah um so those are things that you definitely want to consider. Um, Sikh ceremonies can be difficult as well. Um, some babajis don't allow you to have your wedding where there's alcohol mainly mm-hmm. served. So wineries can be difficult. Um, yeah. it, it's happening more and more and there is a little more openness around that. Mm-hmm. Um, as there's no alcohol in the immediate area, mm-hmm. but uh, some Babaji's not okay. So yeah, and especially where we live here in Northern California, we actually do see that there are some wineries that are like Indian wedding conglomerates and mainly specialize in Indian weddings. And yes. I think the community is just becoming pretty open to multiple types of venues. However, I do tell my couples. You know, you may be sacrificing some of the beauty and aesthetic elements, but having it in a hotel ultimately is the most convenient Mm -hmm. because um, everyone stays there. You don't have to worry about transportation, which helps keep people on time. And um, your hotel will usually even offer South Asian wedding packages. Yeah, um, one of like the best weddings I've been to was at a hotel because we were able to have so much fun and know that our room was just steps away. 
Yeah, yeah. I I like to call it the resort feel. So when yes. you check in from when you check out, you don't have to leave the premises. You're you're like served all your food there. Mm-hmm. You party there, and you can drink there and just go upstairs at the end of the night. Yeah, especially if your hotel serves free breakfast. <laughs> that is the best. That is the best. And also, you know, there's so many outfit changes involved in Indian That's weddings. Mm-hmm. I mean, even as a guest, not even for um the family or bridal party, even as a guest, you're going to, you know, wear something for the ceremony, then you're going to change for the reception. Um, And then I've even seen people putting on like really casual outfits for like the dance party because, you know, they have the option because they're right in the hotel. Yeah. And I think hotels do um, block booking. So, and it's at cheaper rates, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you reserve it, um, then you can definitely get a cheaper rate, especially if your planner is like a preferred vendor or something mm-hmm. at the hotel. Nice. Um, so my one of my questions for you, Ruchi, is where do people find officiants from? Yeah, I mean, it's really simple. Chances are your family knows like a local man there um, to hit up. So you pretty much just go there and ask them who does um, the wedding ceremonies. Um, some important things to consider is what communities you're coming from. So you know, even though, even if you're marrying someone who is the same religion, mm-hmm. um, the ceremony practices could be really different. So you want to make sure that your bandaji is accommodating. Um, if you're marrying someone who is not South Asian, then your bandaji should be sure to, you know, speak English so they can explain to the other family what's happening and really guide them through each and every step of the way. And it's not like South Asians are actually even experts in wedding ceremonies. I mean, we all need a lot of help from your from the bandaji, so it has to be someone who can communicate well in whatever languages um, your family and guests speak. Yeah, that's true. Um, same thing with Sikh ceremonies. Um, you go to your local gurdwara and ask them they definitely come out to uh, do a wedding ceremony mm-hmm. um, so that's a great way to find a local person um, also asking family members um, if they know anyone you might have to go to different gurdwaras like fremont san jose mm-hmm. uh, fairfield to find one that will um, fit what you need can they speak english um can they accommodate some of the changes that you want? Yeah. What are some like um, Western style elements that are in Sikh weddings? I know that for Hindu weddings, couples are opting to do more Western things. Like they want to say their vows and they want to exchange wedding bands. These things don't traditionally happen in Hindu weddings. But again, when we grow up in this culture, that is something we want in our wedding ceremonies and the bandaji should be accommodating of that. Yeah, I mean, one we talked a little bit about this earlier on, but we're just seeing a lot more weddings happening outside of the Gurdwara. That wasn't the case a couple of years ago. Um, so that's definitely a take on that. Um, you know, Milnis, uh, that's part of the wedding ceremony. is typically done within men, but we're expanding that to men and women. So yeah. there's like little things like that. Um whether or not you have brothers around that walk with you. Mm-hmm. Um, people are opting for brothers and sisters. And so those are changes that are that we're seeing more. Cool. Yeah. And I I mean, I think that's great. It's great to integrate mm-hmm. as many loved ones as possible um, and accommodate, you know, for especially people who are having fusion weddings. You want to make sure that the person you're bringing into the culture is able to have whatever they want to. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, that is it for today. 
Thank you for listening to the Shadi Cast with Ruchi and Vinny. Follow us on Instagram at the Shadi Cast for show notes, inspiration, and our contact information. And please remember to rate our podcast and share it with your friends. Bye.